0: Welcome to Shelf Life from Bristol Libraries. In this episode, we talk with Jade Perkin, author and illustrator of Mum's Jumper, and Greet Paulane, founder of the picture book publisher, Book Island. We start by chatting about the books we've been reading, then we talk with Jade and Greet about creating and publishing Mum's Jumper, a picture book about grief. We hope you enjoy this episode of Shelf Life.
1: Welcome to Shelf Life from Bristol Libraries. So, my name's Paul. We've got two guests with us today, but first I'd like to say hello to my co hosts. Hi, Mabina. Hi. And hello, Sean. Hi. And, Sean, could you introduce our guests, please?
0: Yeah, so I'm really excited today to be talking with Jade and Greets, two lovely guests. Jade Perkin is a Bristol based award winning author and illustrator using her personal experience of grief to create absolutely beautiful comics. In 2018, she was the winner of the East London Comic Arts Festival and We Transfer Award for her comic book, I'm Not Ready. Hi, Jade.
2: Hello. Thanks for having me here.
0: And the book we'll be talking about today is Mum's Jumper. It was crowdfunded on Kickstarter and released in 2019. It was published by Book Island, which is a local Bristol picture book publisher that's founded by Greet Howline. Hi, Greet. Hey. So before we get started with the interview, um, I was thinking we could be talking about the books that we've been reading and whether we're keeping up with our reading goals that we set a couple of episodes back. Do you want to kick us off, Paul?
1: Yeah, yeah. So I've got back into the flow with listening to a lot of audiobooks on BorrowBox, the the library's app. And uh, I've been listening to a lot of nonfiction and there's been two really amazing standout books that I've heard recently. One was Homecoming by Colin Grant, which was an oral history of like the Windrush generation in, in Britain. And it was fantastic kind of all, hearing all these different stories from people who came over and have quite different opinions and experiences of things. So quite a kind of rich picture that it kind of builds up creative, like between all these different voices. So, yeah, fantastic for like a, as a recent history book, unlike social history and people's history. And then the other one was The Gendered Brain by Gina Rippon, which is a science book. So she's a neuroscientist and she looks at, on the one hand, she's sort of deconstructing the myths of gender stereotypes and any kind of, you know, so-called science that demonstrates that, you know, gender differences are hardwired into our brain, while on the other hand, she shows a lot of evidence that our brains are a lot more sort of plastic and malleable and open to being influenced by society than we thought before so between th- those kind of two strands of it it builds quite a strong argument about debunking myths and stereotypes so that was th- yeah both like really powerful books i'd highly recommend both of them
0: i think my mum's listening to homecoming right now i think she's enjoying it
1: yeah some of it was in bristol actually it mentions the bristol bus boycott for example and, uh quite fast-paced as well though so yeah it's really nice
3: and what about you Mabina? So regular listeners will um, know that I've been having a bit of a reading drought, so I kind of set myself a target of trying to read, trying to make sure at least I got through a book a month. And I'm very pleased to say I've smashed that out of the park completely. And I've read about nine books, possibly more already. I have been reading um, a crime series by Lindsay Davis. They are books set in ancient Rome about an informer called Marcus Didius Falco. He's basically like a gumshoe in ancient Rome. And so it's kind of has that kind of quite classic crime um, element to it, which I really, really love. But it's just really filled with such fascinating details about life, daily life in ancient Rome. And so I'm on the ninth book of the series, uh, which is A Dying Light in Called Uber, which is basically about, on the surface, it's about olive oil an olive oil cartel where people are are sort of trying to inflate, artificially inflate the price of olive oil. Um, But there's loads about um, Roman sort of politics that are things that are happening in the palace and palace intrigue at the moment and lots of stuff about sort of his personal life as well. So his, his position in Roman society and he falls in love with someone who's patrician, I think. So it's kind of about navigating that. And Falco's just utterly charming himself. He's definitely one of those characters that you kind of would like to go out for a drink with. I really, I'm really, really loving that series. So yes, very happy with my progress.
0: What about you, Jade or Greets? I'm really interested in what you two are
2: reading. Well, I've, I've just written those down because I'm, I'm like, I love getting everyone's recommendations. Um, I'm currently reading a book. It's called We Were Feminists Once. And yeah, it's about kind of like the commodification of feminism. And it kind of goes through the riot girl movement and like cover girls and um, all this and the kind of buying and selling of a political movement. So that's really interesting. But yeah, I've only just started it.
4: What about you, Greet? Well, I've just finished a book written by a Georgian writer. It was my first Georgian book. It was actually written in German because she she lives in Berlin. Her name is Nino Harajitvili. Maybe you've heard of her. This, this, the book is The Eighth Life. It's actually a family saga and the book consists of eight different chapters there are eight lives so hence and then the the story is told from uh, this perspective of uh, the seventh family member who's who's telling the the entire story for the eighth member the youngest in in the whole family so it's set in in georgia in a small town on the edge of the russian empire And um, the main focus is on the Yashi family who own their wealth to a recipe for hot chocolate, a secret recipe. Um, But that turns out to be a curse for all generations, the six generations, which you will read about in the book. It's it's something that you could read in one week if you wanted to, or it could take you a year like it did for me, (laughs) because I had a bit of a... A read, a readers' block at the beginning of lockdown. That's when I started the book, and I only finished it last week. So I would highly recommend it, it to anybody. I noticed that Bristol Libraries has quite a few copies. It was actually an international bestseller. It was published in 2014, but the English translation only appeared two years ago. The UK was behind. You know, there's we don't translate a lot. in in this market, so we're always five, ten years behind. So I would certainly recommend The Eighth Life.
0: I'm really excited to be interviewing Jade and Greet. First of all, I'd just like to give a small introduction to the book, just in case you haven't read it yet. So Mum's Jumper, um, I think, is a really touching book about a little girl whose mum passes away, and she has to learn to live with this grief. She's supported by her dad, and she learns that she will live and she will grow with the grief. And she adopts her mum's jumper to keep her mum physically and mentally close to her. And she learns that the grief will stay the same size, but the world around her will grow bigger. Just before we start the interview Got some really cool information about Mums Jumper and its relation to the reading agency. So I found out that Mums Jumper is included in the reading agency's Reading Well for Children book list. This is a specially curated list of books which are recommended by health experts that help young people understand and manage their mental health and well-being. The Reading Agency has recently received £3.5 million pounds worth award by the Department for Digital, Culture, Media and Sports for a new campaign called Read, Share and Talk, which aims to tackle loneliness and support mental health and well-being as a part of the nation's COVID-19 recovery. So The Reading Well programme will be expanded as a part of this campaign, which is brilliant news because it means books featured on the Reading Well book lists including Mum's Jumper, will be available in every single library service across England. That's what we want to hear. <laughs> um, so yeah, both both questions are, uh, all questions are really for both of you. I'm really keen to hear about Mum's Jumper in general. So what inspired you to make a story about grief for children?
4: Well, it's... Um... It all started in 2018 when I met a young mum at the Coston Hall. We were there with our book island stall for the Made in Bristol Gift Fair. So this young woman came up to my stall and she she came really close and she whispered, "I'm about to die and I need a picture book to tell my daughter." And I could see her daughter behind her. She couldn't hear us. And I was, I was just nailed to the ground. I, I just, for a few seconds, I didn't know what to say. But then we had a chat about her situation and also the books that I could offer, but they were not suitable for her. And um, she left. I never saw her again. And um, as you can imagine, I just that story stayed with me. Mm-hmm. I kept thinking about her and I did some research about picture books that could have helped her, that she might have found herself. But the books that that people would recommend to me were always the same. Sad, The Sad Book by Michael Rosen and then um, Badger's Parting Gifts. And and there didn't seem to be anything else. So I thought maybe it's time for Book Island to publish a book about a little girl, perhaps, or a little boy who loses a parent. So I, I carried that with me until one day I met Jay Perkin at the Bristol Comics and Zine Fair. And Jade had a stall there with her zines and her comics. And I had seen her work on the internet. And I was really intrigued by, by her uh, drawings and, and also her, her stories, because I, I knew they were all revolving around grief, but I didn't know her personal story. So we had our first chat. And yeah. Jade, maybe you can, you can tell us a bit more about our conversation yeah. there. Um, well, yeah, so
2: I um, I started kind of. So my mum passed away in 2016, and I started making these like small comics, like little mini zine type things, um, and just self publishing them myself. Um, and um, all of them kind of exploring grief and the kind of complicated feelings that were going on in my head, and it was kind of my place to put them. And then, so yeah, I was at Bristol Comic and Zine Fair, and. Um, yeah, um, me and my partner were sharing a table there, and then um, Greet approached me, and that was kind of that was kind of it really. And you, were, <laughs> we just had that conversation, like, and you said, "Would you ever want to make a children's book?" And I was like, "Yeah, I'd love, you know, I'd loved all my stuff had just been kind of comics that were." just this kind of like me character living, you know, like kind of putting my own kind of feelings into it. And then, yeah. And then it was a bit of a whirlwind after that. Cause I think that, that was it. We, we kind of started go, going with it and, and yeah, it's been, yeah.
4: Um, and we did get advice from a, a child, a children's psychologist. So, because we didn't want to make any mistakes or upset anybody in the grief, the world of grief, we, we weren't, we're not experts It's not because you've experienced grief that you know how to tell a story for children. But um, what was really important about Mum's Domebra is that we wanted it to be very honest and realistic. So we avoid, I said to Jade, avoid animals, please. Um, I really want real human characters and real human grief. And very, very clear. We're, We're not going to avoid... Uh, death and illness it just has to be there so that children can recognize themselves in in the story even if it's not them who experienced the grief you know lots of children know somebody who's just lost a parent how how do you understand the feelings that that person is experiencing now you now there's a mom's jumper to to tell you to to show you um, why your friend is suddenly angry, even though you're trying so hard to make them feel comfortable and to, um, just sh- you know, you're showing that you care and that you're worried about them. So we're really happy with with how it turned out. So what kind of response did you have to Mum's jumper?
2: The response was amazing. I think, especially, I think because we crowdfunded it as well. I think that's quite maybe quite different. Like we almost were having this connection with a lot of the readers even before anyone had seen the book they kind of knew what it was about we made a video about it and 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 this kind of thing and the response was amazing because also we obviously we'd intended the book for children but the the response from adults was amazing like we we and having that direct connection i think with people as well throughout the crowdfunder, but. um we had so many people sharing their stories, like showing us pictures of like their mum's jumper, that kind of item of clothing, whether it's a pair of glasses, what you know, these things, these kind of tangible things that we 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 hold on to and, and, and have that kind of like connection. And there was just this really amazing, and I, I guess that's the thing with grief. It's it's this thing that is it's so inevitable, obviously, and it's, but everyone's experience of it is so different. But... There's so many parallels that everyone experiences and I think it does build this kind of like, I guess like a collective empathy or or something like this. And, And so we just had loads of like brilliant conversations with lots of people and yeah, the response has been Amazing. And it's in um, lots of different languages now as well.
4: And talking about empathy, we shouldn't forget about um, Empathy Lab because, of course, we had a lot of support from the reading agency. But Empathy Lab were the first to uh, select the book for their empathy collection in 2020 because both the reading agency and Empathy Lab believe in the power of reading um, to tackle as you just said, um, Sean, loneliness, um, mental health issues, but they just they really work around empathy, and they believe that by reading books about things happening to other people, you c- it can build empathy in children, which will help them later in life. Um, so that was just amazing, just the support of those two, but also Mom's jumper has been a conversation starter for us not a conversation killer which which grief is in the UK it's a huge taboo people really worry to um speak to a friend who's just been who's just lost somebody but for us it was it was the opposite wasn't it people would f- felt really comfortable they felt like they could talk to us about their own grief their own loss sometimes um, we spoke to um, mainly women, I guess, who lost their mum 40, 50 years ago. And that grief was still there. It was still unaddressed. And and mom's temper helped them to go back to when they were a child and just relive the whole thing and then hopefully come to terms with it. And what's really wonderful about mom's temper as well is that it has a very hopeful, positive ending. It shows that there's you will get through it. You know, it will never go away. I think that's a, probably the core mes- message. It will yeah. never, never leave you. But you will grow, your life will grow bigger around it. And I think that's a very positive message to take away, which makes it less scary. Lots of big uh, issues in this book. <laughs> and uh, thanks to all these people who supported us. Thanks to the crowdfunder, we had all these people who were invested in it and wanted to help us. and And then, of course, organizations like yeah the reading agency and empathy lab so jade previously you had written comics
0: about your personal grief as an adult i was wondering how it was different writing a book directed at children rather than you know writing for an adult audience
2: yeah it was a really really amazing challenge actually and i i really enjoyed doing it like grief said we we did um, speak with a child psychologist because I think what was really important was we wanted to get the tone right for this. Like, I don't don't think I would have gone, like, outlandishly wrong, but I know when my mum died, I was 24, so I know what it's like to lose a parent at the age of 24. I don't know what it's like to lose a parent as a child. And so we really wanted this kind of kind of to to this honesty but also kind of yeah sort of tender honest account but then also kind I I think one of the things that I really wanted to think about was also how kind of utterly like confusing that time must be for for a young person to lose the parent and all this all these kind of feelings and there's a bit um and I, I was thinking about like the terminology of it as well like there's a bit in the book where um When the dad gets the phone call, and the hospital are phoned and they say she's gone, and then and then the little girl's like, "Gone where?" I asked. Mm -hmm. And it's this kind of we sometimes with with death being so taboo, we use a lot of these words, and it doesn't really they don't really have any answers and stuff like this. And I kind of wanted to yeah get that tone right, but kind of show how it is confusing. Also the feelings that. Um, young people have is a bit where you know she feels very angry because all her friends have um, mums that come and pick them up from school and it's it's yeah so getting that tone right was probably the the biggest challenge yeah so lots of great challenges but it was it was really really good to do Now I
0: remember when I read this book sort of last year, I had like like Greet said, in the UK we don't talk about death very openly, especially with children, and I had tears in my eyes because I was so overwhelmed when I finished. And I thought that the writing was simple and poetic, and the illustrations are absolutely beautiful, Jade. And I personally had never read a picture book about grief which was directed at children. But I thought that this was a really sensitive and touching story about loss. And I know, Greet, that um, a bit earlier on you spoke about Michael Rosen's sad book and Badger's Parting Gift by Susan Varley. And um, I was I was looking at sort of what other what other books for children are there which talk about grief. And these were sort of the only only ones that I knew about after I did a bit of research Since then, I found out that the book trusts have a list of picture books for children dealing with grief, which Mums Jumper is featured on. I was just wondering if, um, you know, this is a question for all of us here. Do we know of any other
4: books directed at children that focus on grief? Well, I've done a lot of research, of course. We just wanted to make sure before we started that we were not going to come out with, with a book that already existed. One of the stories that I found really gripping, is Missing Mummy by Rebecca Cobb. And that's aimed at much younger kids. And it's it's, hard. it's a heartbreaking story of a little girl who, who loses her mum. It seems like there are not that many books about boys losing their dad or children losing their dad. It's main, most books are aimed at, at mums. Yeah. I'm just thinking about another book about, does it have to be grief or just can it be death as well? Because there's this beautiful book called Duck, Death and the Tulip, which is um, very well known amongst the picture book lovers because it addresses death as um, it's it's basically death is there. It's a skeleton that follows the duck and the duck will eventually die. That was probably the the, um, bravest picture book ever published about the topic of death and loss really recommend that it's a german book it was published by gecko press in english jane can you think of any other books about grief
2: oh we- well actually one of my another local bristol um person simon morton he is um he lost his dad um a couple of years ago i think and he's been making um <laughs> some really amazing um zines um in fact a whole series um all about um, that kind of loss, and he does these beautiful, beautiful kind of like ink drawings, but they're intermixed with collage and then huge bits of prose and stuff like this. And yeah, Simon Morton, I I really recommend.
4: I'm actually thinking about um, a book which was published by our friends at Grafeg in uh, Cardiff, and maybe you've heard of it. It's actually also it also started with a terminally ill mum who writes, who wants to write a book about her forthcoming death for her children. And she had it illustrated by Michelle Robinson. But anyway, um, so the the author is, um, the mother was Lisa Wells. And they wrote two versions of the book. Only, and the, the title is Only One of Me. And there's a, a, a version for dad and there's a version for the mum. So, which I think is very, it's a, it's a very clever idea because very often, People will tell us, oh, uh, Mums Jumper is a great book. But, you know, I actually I'm looking for a book um, for a young boy who just lost his dad. And uh, and and he will not identify with, with Mums Jumper because of the, the girl mom story. So um, Grafek, um, they solve that problem by by offering two options. So when you go to their website, you can just click for. Yeah, you can just select the mom or dad version of the book.
2: yeah well I think it's grief is like yeah by its nature it just it it makes you feel so alone and I think just the more the more resources the more that people can talk about it I think and and not feel awkward about it and have those chats have those conversations I think Mm -hmm. the better
1: Uh, I really like your point of reach out to to people who you know are grieving because I think as you say it's such a taboo it can be easy for people's friends to drop away when they need them the most and you know, to look out for each other.
4: There is this misconception that grief uh, is finished after a year. A lot of people think, "Oh, it's been a year now, right? So you're 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 healed. It's all over. I don't need to worry about you anymore." That that is something we need to remember. That it can go on forever. It will go for uh, go on forever. And also, what I learned as um, I'm not a grief expert, but what I've learned um, from the research that I've done is that. A lot of us will say, if you need any help, just call me, just text me. When you're depressed or when you're grieving, when you're feeling really low, you're not going to reach out because you're feeling so awful. So it's for us, the outsiders, to, st- to, to actually approach them, to text them and just out of the blue, hey, how is it going? Are you feeling all right? Or, or just, you know, drop off some food, even if it's a year after, the loss, it, they will still appreciate it. And just mention the person who died. Just mention their name. Because in a lot of families, in my own family, the same thing happened. The, the name is never mentioned again because it's such a taboo. You just can't say it. But do do say it because I think the grieving person will really appreciate that, that you actually remember their child's name or their partner's name or their grandfather's name. It's It's important to just acknowledge their existence. Do you agree I with that? Great date.
2: A hundred percent. I think the name thing is really important as well. Like to yeah, remember as it's just, it's yeah. I think it's so easy to be like your mom or your dad or whatever, but even just rem- recognizing them as a person. And just a little point I wanted to add on was, you know, Greek mentioned like some people are like, Oh, well you have a year and then that's it. And I actually feel that, um, everyone's different in their own ways but actually kind of celebrating and almost having these little rituals I think sometimes like for example um March March is a weird time for me because my mum it would have been her birthday on the 1st of March and then um she would have died on the the 10th Mother's Day is around then like it's just kind of like one of those weird times and and for me I just so her favorite flowers were daffodils so I just go to the shop buy myself some daffodils and throughout March I've always got some daffodils in the windowsill um she loved white wine so like on her birthday I go and get a little I have a little glass of white wine or something like this and sort of like cheers to mum kind of thing um I know friends that like will bake a cake or something like this and just having that little those little connections I think can be really important
0: I think that's a lovely, lovely way to end the interview. I think that's a really nice, positive message about remembering somebody. So,
2: Thank you both so much. Thank you for having us. That was great.
4: Thanks very much.
3: If you'd like to get in touch, you can reach us on the usual social media channels and by using the hashtag Life Bristol. We'd like to give a shout out to Luke, a volunteer for editing and transcribing the podcast, and Will, who's a library assistant at Havenmouth, for his work helping polish off all of our episodes. Also, a huge thank you to Dan Davies for the theme tune, and Ollie, a library assistant at Knoll for the transitional music. Thanks for listening. Bye for now.